This is Psychic Warfare. Welcome back, my friends, to Psychic Warfare, the podcast where spirituality and philosophy collide with heavy metal and rock and roll. I am your host, Chris Keelick, and thank you so much for joining me once again on another journey into the lives and minds of the most iconic musicians in heavy music. Joining us this week is an artist that most definitely played a seminal role in guiding my way to heavy music, and I'm sure he did the same for a lot of you out there as well. Adam Gantier is joining us this week, former vocalist of Hard Rock Superstars Three Days Grace and current vocalist of Saint Asonia is with us. And uh, in case you didn't know, Three Days Grace holds the record for the most number one singles on the mainstream rock charts. Uh, and perhaps the band's most iconic album, One X, is a triple platinum selling album and a watershed album in hard rock and uh, in my life, certainly, with heavy music. Saint Asonia, Adam's new band, also dropped a great new EP called Introvert this past July. You can find it now wherever you stream your music. And I am thrilled to welcome Adam Gantier to the Psychic Warfare podcast. Adam, how are you, my friend? I'm great, man. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for that awesome intro, too. <laughs> you're the second. You're the second person to to compliment my intros. I appreciate that. I must. I must be doing something right here. With that's that. a good one. I want to ask. So, how are you feeling at this moment in time, mentally, physically, spiritually? How are you? How are you feeling in all those aspects right now at this this point in your life today? Uh, well, I mean, today I'm, I'm, I'm great. I mean, I have no complaints. I've been, uh, you know, I, I, my family life is what's most important to me at the moment. And, uh, you know, as it, I'm sure it always will be. Um, but no, I mean, my, I have a one-year-old daughter and I have a five-year-old son. And since they, you know, since my son was born about five years ago, things, uh, things really changed for me in the sense that I was, you know, I was in a, pretty rough place back then um so yeah no life has turned around for me um you know yeah so i mean things are good i got no complaints awesome uh, i'm really i'm really mm -hmm. glad to hear that and you know something that i always this is going to become a running joke i swear it's going to become a running joke on this podcast because my wife always jokes to me that she's never heard anybody talk more about their hometown or like pump up their hometown as much as i do i'm from buffalo new york and you, you grew up not so far away from me you're from the peterborough area of of ontario did you ever find yourself down in buffalo growing up at all did you ever because i did the opposite i found myself shooting up across the border to toronto and mm -hmm. hamilton and, and places like that did you ever find yourself right. doing the opposite and, and going oh, down yeah. to buffalo yeah, well, I mean, I've been to Buffalo uh, plenty of times, just touring and all that stuff. But yeah, when we when I was growing up, uh, you know, being big hockey fans, being Toronto Maple yeah. Leafs fans, we'd uh, yeah, we definitely we'd hit. I, I remember uh, going to a few Sabers, going to games. those Sabers games, right? Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, definitely made it to Buffalo a few times growing up for sure. Nice. And mm -hmm. so growing up for you personally, you know, what did your what did your spiritual and inner life look like growing up? You know, was it was was it kind of faith based around an organized religion? You know, when did you first really start to take stock of your inner life and really work to kind of craft your own belief system, whether that again, that's the organized religion or just like, hey, like this is what I believe in and I'm kind of going to work my wife, my life around that. When did that kind of start for you? Well, I mean, I grew up when I, I mean, I was young. I grew up uh, in a semi-christian type of family christian-based family so uh but i didn't really i didn't really take that too serious i think i was too young for that you know um 
And I got, I mean, my, my whole, my teenage years and into my early twenties and mid twenties, that sort of thing. It was all, I wasn't even thinking about that sort of thing. You know, I, I was, uh, I was more partying and, you know, all that stuff. So right. yeah, I, it wasn't even something that I, I focused on. It wasn't until I got involved in uh, uh, like AA, uh, NA and that sort of thing where, where I started to take a look at that, you know, and started to look at myself in sort of a uh, more of a spiritual way. So I really growing up, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, wasn't very religious in that or even spiritual, you know, I, nothing, nothing real. I was more focused on uh, playing music and partying like you do sort of when you're, when you're that age exactly. or when I was. Exactly. And, and, and so yeah. many of us are like that. I mean, I feel like that's, that's not an atypical thing. I think so many people, mm -hmm. you, you know, life is, so frantic, you know, you don't really have the time to kind of take stock of a lot of, you know, examining who you are and kind of those deeper aspects. So, I mean, that's, that's not abnormal. And then, you know, faced with a crisis or faced with trauma, you know, then that's when you kind of are like, okay, maybe I should slow down. And, you know, these things are important. They're not, they're not deserving to be kind of pushed to the back burner for my entire life. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, you know, mm -hmm. that has to deal with a lot of the idea of self-transformation. And I, I want to start with the fact that you've heard this for years and years. I apologize. I'm going to say it to you again. It doesn't make it less true though. If something's true. It doesn't make it less true. You, and I, I can say this definitively, you specifically set me on a path that literally changed the trajectory of my life. You know, I was just entering high school. I heard riot on the radio. Um, and my life really wasn't the same after that. It led me to mm. the music and inspired the, the dreams, the literal dreams that I am now working on and hoping to accomplish in the rock and metal world. And that would not have happened had fate or, you know, destiny, whatever you want to call it, led me to hearing your song on the radio back in 07, 08, you know, in those years. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, whether they tell you directly or not, you have altered the self-transformation of many people because heavy music has that impact on so many people. And your band was such a gateway for so many people to change the trajectory of their life. You know, can you speak to this, this notion of self-transformation during this point in life, especially when you're young, you know, in those high school years or, you know, late teens, early twenties, and even outside of music, who can you pinpoint that you that set your path on a particular direction looking back and how, how did they do that? Yeah, I mean that's well. First, I mean that's uh, that that's crazy, and I've I've never. Uh, I mean, I've heard that I've heard that same thing, but the way you put it is very. Uh, it's amazing to hear some, you know, hear that the music that we wrote uh, affected affected people in that way. I mean, that's it's pretty insane because when we're you know when we're writing those songs or making that making records, it's. Uh, I mean, the, that's not really the goal. The goal is to just. Right. Uh, get sort of get out what we're feeling and hope that it resonates with people you know certain songs resonate on a certain level so to hear like that is pretty uh pretty awesome um <clears throat> and i'm i'm super grateful that i've had that i guess success quote unquote success with uh those you know those early albums um yeah i i, I don't know i mean for me i was just really because i was so focused on on music i always wanted to be a musician when i was growing up so i, I got my first guitar when I was 12 and then started writing my my own songs when I was 14 and I was you know I was super influenced by uh, the Seattle music scene like all those Seattle bands and but yeah I mean that stuff really really just I mean really resonated with me when I was when I was just starting to write my own stuff um, bands like Pearl Jam and uh, 
uh, Soundgarden, Nirvana. I mean, they were all they were all huge to me. Um, you know, so I think, I, yeah, for me, it, that whole scene, those those bands, they really, I those those know, are the figures that that really those are the, yeah. those are the people that transformed your life. Yeah, musically speaking, and because my whole because my life has basically been has revolved around music, <laughs> that's sort of like you know, no, it that makes is, a lot. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Did you, did you, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of those people, unfortunately, in, in that scene are no longer with us. Did you ever have an opportunity to speak to like Chris Cornell or speak to Eddie Vedder and say like, Hey man, like, you know, I'm sure again, like I'm saying to you, I'm sure you get this a lot, but I would not be the same person mm-hmm. that I am right now at this phase in my life. Had I not heard, you know, 10 or not heard super unknown or any of those. Mm-hmm. Have you had I that did, opportunity? Yeah. I did. I had that opportunity with Chris Cornell years ago when uh, we were we were doing some festivals and he was uh, I think he had just released his solo record. So he was out on the road doing doing a bunch of festivals, same festivals we were. And yeah, I had a chance to meet him and I did get a chance to tell him how much. But, you know, it it feels like a lot of times it feels like it's uh, it falls on deaf ears sort of just because it's been been said so many times so yeah i want to make that clear that i don't don't really take it for granted just because of you know because i've heard it a few times so yeah no i i did get a chance to talk to chris cornell about it and that was pretty pretty special that's um, amazing was it, he was he receptive to that like was he like oh man like thanks that that really does mean does he feel the same way that you did where you're like hey i don't take that for granted that means a lot yeah for sure for sure he was he was so he was such a nice person i, I was it, whenever you meet your, you know, they say don't meet your idols. Um, some <laughs> some people say that for whatever reason, but you know, um, yeah, I mean that couldn't couldn't be any farther from yeah. the truth. With, I can I can him. firmly attest to that as well. I've interviewed a lot of people, guys. If you have the opportunity to to don't be don't be dicks about it. I mean, don't be rude and like interrupt a dinner or like interrupt a personal moment. But if you have the opportunity and they're willing to talk with you, absolutely talk to people that inspire you because like you're saying, they do appreciate that. And that that does carry with them. But again, just be courteous before you. Well, here, that, that's the caveat. <laughs> absolutely. Here's a story for you. I just uh, this past week, I went to I flew to uh, London to see a show over there. An artist by the name of Krista Berg, and he was one of my dad's hey, favorite. I know him. Lady in Red. Lady in Red. Yeah. Lady in Red was, uh, yeah, it was the the big one that was on the radio all over the world. But yeah, there, he had he had so many, 27 albums. Um, and my dad was a huge, huge fan of his growing up. Uh, so me, by extension, growing up, I was hmm. I was a massive Christopher fan. Right. I knew everything. And so anyway, I flew to London to see him perform because my dad passed away um, last year. So it was something I wanted to sort of pay a bit of an homage to my dad and go over and uh, watch Christopher perform. But on my right. way from Nashville to London, standing, uh, waiting to board the plane, the same plane as me, uh, was Robert Plant. Whoa. From, from Whoa. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, to, to go back to your, don't, don't be shit. a dick about <laughs> me. Meeting your, meeting your, yeah. I mean, so I, I recognize him, of course. And he had a small group of people. They were kept standing in a circle. And I, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to live myself with myself if I didn't try to at least say hi and get a picture with him. It's oh just my God. one of those, you kidding me? One of, of those things, right? For one, what's he doing boarding a, boarding I, I mean, plane, I was, yeah, yeah, just a, a regular plane, just with the rest of us. But yeah, so I went over and I asked if, uh, be cool if we took a picture because I was a big fan. He said, no, <laughs> it wouldn't be cool. <laughs> But he, but he gave me a fist bump and, uh, you know, said, nice to meet you, that sort of thing. So, yeah, um, that was, I mean, he, there was probably a nicer way for him to 
to say no, but at the same time, I completely understood we're standing, you know, a lot of people around it. Oh wasn't, yeah. Wasn't you know, a good picture. Time, someone of his, I couldn't, yeah. Someone of his stature, I'm sure, you know, that draws yeah. people like, Oh my God, no, I didn't know who this is. Who's this? Oh, and then everybody starts coming. Over. I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. You're right. But you know what? The fact that he was even still just, you know, after that fact, you can understand that, that he gave you the fist bump and, you know, I'll let you have a little interaction with him. Even, even uh -huh. that goes a long way. You know, sure. even that Absolutely, goes a long, yeah. long way. That's so cool, man. That's that. That's amazing. Talk about yeah, a, blooming a, way. Talk about it like the stars aligning, you know, in a particular moment. And uh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've heard I've heard similar things about other really, really, you know, like top level musicians mm -hmm. and stuff going through that. But mm -hmm. you know what? You, you have to think about also, you know, what they've gone through in their life and the amount of, you mm -hmm. know, the amount of craziness and paparazzi and, and stuff that that happens but you know what again the fact that he took a little bit of time just be like hey you know what here's a little fist bump here's a little you know just hey i really you know i appreciate you coming over and giving you that acknowledgement that that means a lot and you know looking back now do you think it's easier the older that you get to observe the moments and the people that influenced your self-transformation because i think a lot of people out there they they're in the middle of some of these moments they're in the middle of like a crisis or in the middle of a lot of trauma or in the middle of a lot of hardship and they they either can't or they don't recognize this moment that they're in right now or the people that are interacting with them in this moment right now that are going to like change the the trajectory of their life or or the the path that they take you know do you think that your awareness of some of these transient moments in your life kind of increases as you age, like you going through rehab and AA and, and, and going through all these moments. And I'm sure you met mentors and teachers and, and just individual people that came in and out of your life that you look back and you're like, Oh my God, like if it wasn't for this person saying this thing to me or giving me mm -hmm. this piece of advice, like who knows where I could have ended up and people are in maybe in the middle of that and they're not, they can't recognize that. So has, has that been your experience of getting older, you know, introvert especially the ep that that santa sonia just dropped it really seems to deal with this idea of of recognizing those moments of self-transformation and the people that come in and out of your life through the passage of time yeah i mean yeah it's uh for me uh, my biggest my my biggest struggle has always been with substance abuse and that sort of thing so through the years going to treatment centers and speaking with different uh, counselors and people, that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, those are the people for me, those are the people that have affected me in, you know, especially five years ago, the last time I was in treatment when my, my son was born and I wasn't there for him because I was in rehab. And, uh, but that, you know, that last time there, there was people there. I met people, I became friends with um a lot of great people in that were there for the same reasons that I was. And uh, yeah, I mean, those are the, those are the people that have really affected me over the last uh, few years. But yeah, I think, I think as you, I think you're right, as you get older and you get a little bit more experience with, you know, those types of situations. And, you know, for me having kids, it, it changes that it, it definitely changes your outlook on, on things that, you, you know, you would have been things that I would have been, um, you know, that right. would have affected me in certain ways, you know, five, six years ago, I just don't care about it anymore. Cause I'm not, right. I'm not really here just for me, you know? So yeah, I, I think it's, um, I think the best, I, I mean, for me, it's, I think just looking at the, at the big picture, you know, being in a, a really terrible situation or, or so, and not knowing how to get out of it. I think looking at the big picture and trying to, trying to just uh, talk to friends and people about it and, you know, sort of becoming, coming out of yourself and looking at the situation from right. an outside point of view is, is 
pretty important if you're able to do that. You know, I try to do that. I've tried to do that in the past, you know, just not get so deeply involved in myself and just take a step back and look at the situation. So, you know, yeah, but, but it is a little bit easier as, as you get older, you start to look back at things that seem to be a big deal, um, seem to affect you in a certain way. And, um, just not anymore, you know, I think that's the thing to people out there that are are struggling right now, and and this can be a direct kind of message to you. I mean, just know that what you're going through, I, like Adam says, I think that when time has passed, as it inevitably does, you'll look back and you'll say, you know what, that probably was the best thing for me. I was going through a really shitty time, but you know what, I think that this this you know, as long as you again, like you said. Uh, consult the resources around you talk to friends talk to family mm-hmm. you know talk to talk to someone and mm-hmm. and take us take that step back and think hey you know what like i'm not in a vacuum here you know there are people around me that care for me and want to see me through this and then you'll look back and say hey like those are the people that really kind of helped me on this you know get through this and and enter the path that i want to be on mm-hmm. um, i think that's true yeah and it's re- i mean it's really important to remember that as i mean the people say this all the time and it's very cliche, but there are millions of people going through the same thing. You know, maybe not necessarily the exact same situation. Of course, every, everybody's unique in that way, but you know, the feelings of, you know, certain feelings of being, you know, feeling like you're alone are, I mean, there's so many people that feel that way. So, you know, in reality, in reality, we're not alone in, in any of our, you know, any of our thoughts or feelings. Just... Exactly. And this is a perfect mm-hmm. transition, Adam, you, you're reading my mind. You're, you're, you're writing the show for me here. So <laughs> this is a perfect transition. I, let me ask you this before I ask this next question. Are you familiar with the philosopher Soren Kierkegaard? Um, no, no. This is I, know the, I know, I know, you know the, the name, name. you know, the name. Yeah. this is perfect mm-hmm. though. So one of the terms that is constantly brought up, I think this is hilarious. It's constantly brought up by reviewers and critics of a lot of hard rock and post grunge bands from the time when three days grace was big. And that Mm -hmm. I was discovering a lot of bands, the breaking Benjamins of the world, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, that era, you know, especially back in the mid two thousands, when you guys were really hitting your stride was the word was angst. They'd say, Oh, this is music for angsty teenagers or for angsty people or people going through angst. And you know, this was sort of used in a, Oh, this is just music for mopey suburban teenagers. There's no real like substance behind it. It was that, that was kind of the criticism of the music. But you know mm-hmm. what? The people that were saying that, those critics that were saying that, I don't think that they realized the roots of the term angst, the roots that that term has. It's it's in one of the it's from one of the most impactful philosophers of the 19th century, which is Soren Kierkegaard. Right. And you know, when you just said, you know, everybody's going through the same thing, he is quoted as saying this. This is directly quoted from Kierkegaard. He said, "Anyone who really knows mankind might say that there is not one single living human being." who does not despair a little, who does not secretly harbor an unrest, an inner strife, a disharmony, an anxiety about an unknown something or a something he dare not try to know, an anxiety about some possibility in existence or an anxiety about himself. So I think that's that's a really powerful statement from like an incredibly influential figure who created the term angst. He's kind mm-hmm. of the, the, the originator, the father of kind of the existentialist movement of philosophy and i say this because you look at a song that you wrote like pain in three mm-hmm. days grace which to some might appear it's simple in the way it's constructed and lyrically written but you are touching on a feeling that is so universal in such a succinct way 
that it almost feels like you couldn't have written it in a more true way than you did. It's like, it's like REM's everybody hurts. It's like, yeah, it's simple, but like, could you really write about a feeling like that in a more succinct and and true way than that? So Kierkegaard believed that the way that you respond to anxiety is what made the difference between a, a fully lived life and a life where you're trapped by your own pain and angst. And this is a really powerful idea. His notion of pursuing a passion for the sake of itself, to chase a, a subjective truth, to kind of get out of anxiety and, and angst, is chasing this subjective truth, what is true for me, this passion that is true for me, or a truth that is true for you in your own mind, or a feeling. And you know, this also ties to, to Joseph Campbell, Joseph Campbell's idea of following your bliss. And you're, you are someone who is no stranger to having worked through addiction and recovery for coping with pain and anxiety. You know, how has... Mm your view on the way pain and anxiety informs your life and our lives as humans changed after having gone through all of all of these trials you know was it different again going back to when you were in the middle of them because you can again you can easily cope with pain and anxiety by deal turning to these things but i think that turning it into you following that that little t truth you know this is true for me music is my passion this is what's truth for me kind of alleviated mm-hmm. that for you like kierkegaard said yeah well i mean <laughs> that's pretty interesting man um yeah, I think, uh, you know, for me, um, it's, yeah, I, I've been able to uh, sort of, when I, dealing with the struggles that I have and, and the, the addiction and that sort of thing and depression and anxiety, and um, it's, it's really, it's really difficult when you're in the middle of it, but to be able to um, look back at it and know that, uh I'm quite a bit stronger now than I I ever have been before. I think, I think for me, I'm always, I'm always thinking that something has happened, you know, whatever, you know, things happen for a reason, that's that type of thing. And Mm -hmm. I know that I, I dealt with like 20 years of, uh, well, more than that, longer than that of, you know, substance abuse and alcoholism and addiction and all sorts of stuff. And, but it's made me, who I am today. And, and, you know, that person is, you know, a father who's present for, for everybody in his life, you know, his mom and his siblings and his kids and his wife, you know? So I think, I think, you know, for me, it's, it's uh, having faith that, that there's always something, there's always a reason of why I'm going through what I'm going through, whether that's a, you know, whether that's good, bad, you know, whatever it is, it's always, you know, you were mentioning, you were saying something earlier and I thought, um, you know, the common, common saying that is said in, I mean, in, in uh, AA and that sort of thing, this too shall pass every, everything passes, right? Everything passes, whether it's good, bad, you know, so that's, I don't know, that's just, you know, for me, that's it. That's, sort of it knowing that I've been through certain things, but it has set me up to be the person I am today. So, you know, I think that's important to remember when you're, when you are stuck in, you know, a situation where you feel like you're, feel like you might be, uh, you know, not be able to find a way out. Do you think it's important? Yeah. Do you think it's important because again, you turned to music, you channeled all of that into your, into your career. Do you think that again, for people that are going through a lot of this, like, like we've talked about to kind of stop and take a moment, but I think there's always something for everyone that kind of goes outside of of like destructive things like substance abuse that they can say like hey i'm passionate about that like i love this like this is something that i love that mm-hmm. they can turn to and like take that and use again like he's like kierkegaard says use use that use mm-hmm. that thing to dig yourself out and to kind of 
use mm-hmm. that as your reason to 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 push yourself forward. Do you do you agree with that? Do you think that that's something really important oh, for people to do? For sure, absolutely. I think yeah, I think finding what what it is that you're passionate about is is incredibly important in life for sure. And there's a yeah, there's a certain time sort of when you're trying to figure out your life, uh, what you're going to do, what your what your plan is, and where you're going to go, that sort of thing. It's yeah. yeah. It's important for me. I was fortunate enough that I could write songs, you know, write stuff down, and I and I was I was very fortunate that I had an outlet to be able to do it. Um, like a, you know, most people don't have the the opportunity to get all their feelings out on paper and all this stuff, and then put it put it into a great sounding record with you know in a great studio and get it out there for people of to course, hear. Right. So, um, but yeah, but at the same time, it's yeah, just just getting stuff out regardless of where it goes is, is really important. Exactly. You know, it's, mm-hmm. and, and it can be right there. Sometimes even if you don't see it and you feel lost, Joseph Campbell said, he said, Hey, when you're following your bliss, the etern- the waters of eternal life are right there. You know, they're yeah, right I, there. You just gotta, you just sometimes separate you. Like you said, separate yourself a little. They're right there. If you just look, you know what, here's a, a quick story, uh, you know, Go for it. To, I love stories. <laughs> That's what this to, is about. Um, <clears throat> well, just to, remember like just another reminder that uh you never know what never know what's ahead you know if you're on the right path or not or well three days grace we were we were a young band playing in toronto around the toronto area trying to get a record deal trying to get signed trying to do it you know and we had slowly started to like basically just slow down as a band we we recorded some demos and we were all thinking that maybe this just isn't this just isn't you know this isn't for us. Right. So, you know, the guys started to go to school, do their thing, started to focus on different careers. And we were just sort of doing this. And we basically booked our, what we considered to be our last show as a band that was trying, we were like, okay, we're just going to play one more show and that'll be it. Cause we're focused on other stuff now. Right. Gotcha. And that, that last show in Toronto was a small club and, just so happened to be there a manager uh, and a producer that we didn't know. They just happened to be there for whatever reason. We played our set. They came up to us afterwards and said, Hey, we'd like to work with you guys and get you some demos and try to get you guys signed and this and that. And then, you know, and then here we are. The rest is history. (laughs) Right. So really that was, I mean, it was, it was pretty much our, our last show. That was was a don't give up moment. That was a, Hey, just exactly. Just just hang on. Uh huh. Yeah, because we were pretty. Yeah, we were pretty close to packing it in, but uh, we met the right people at at that show, and yeah. And, and this can are. be this can be anything. I mean, you take you take a look around. You know, if you're if you're feeling stuck again, there it's right there. Sometimes it's your family. You know, you're caught up with something, but you mm-hmm. you, you forget that your family is right there. Your your like your children, your wife, your mm-hmm. the you know the art you make, your friends. It can be all right there. You just need to have the to have that moment where you're like, wait, life is crazy and hectic, but let me just take a breath and like look mm-hmm. around me and see what's there and you know yeah but sometimes sometimes things can be and these anxieties and worries can be brought about by external people it's something i've always found very interesting about your lyrics both in three days grace and insane asonia is you dealing with the simultaneous truths of both the weight that people can put on you and the emptiness that they can leave you with kind of once they're gone you know mm-hmm. how did you go about feeling and understanding these truths in your own life of like this person's putting a lot of weight on me i i don't need this like because sometimes people can you need to remove yourself if if people can are causing anxiety or worry unnecessarily but then again Mm -hmm. sometimes when some people leave 
you feel that sense of emptiness. So how did you kind of go mm-hmm. about reconciling these these truths and putting them out in your lyrics? Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've always just sort of written from a from a pretty, uh, I guess, vulnerable place. You know, um, I've never really been shy about writing, writing stuff that uh, that's pretty important to me. Yeah. You know, grow, um, doing, um, you know, from early 2000s with Three Days Grace, going through all those those four records. It was pretty easy back then because I was pretty angsty, you know. <laughs> right. So yes. Hey, we know uh, that's that's not a dirty word anymore, guys. I'm yeah, telling you. So, everybody tells you that Three Days, all the music you listen to is like for angsty teenagers. Now you know where that comes from and you can you can quiz them on that. You can put yeah. them on the spot. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. So no, I was uh it was it was uh it felt pretty natural to write write down stuff that I was that was making me angry or um right. you know, and now writing stuff with Santa Sony, it's kind of the same. Um, you know, been through an awful lot and I still write sort of similar, um, in a similar way. Try to get get out anger in different situations uh in songs. And you know, I've had my share of loss, uh so yeah. So some of the songs that uh, you know that I've written uh, with Santa Sonia about losing people that are close to me that they've also come pretty pretty easily too just because of the loss that I've experienced yeah. you know yeah and again I, I remember you mentioned your father earlier I'm very sorry for your loss I I I'm I'm sure that I came across that in some publication somewhere but just in person I'm mm. I am sorry for your loss about your father oh thanks thank you and you know I, again I I think it's really funny to just touch on that last point from that last question again writing a song like pain and again i it's it is so succinctly written and again i compared it to to rem's every everybody hurts a song like that is that kind of interesting to look back and like you know what i don't think i could have written that in a more true way than i did like because of how simple it is because that's just how that's what you feel sometimes you don't have flowery language to express a feeling you just Mm-hmm. you just feel it and then mm-hmm. you put it out there. I mean, in, in a way that's almost a bit more, it's a bit more true than a kind of, you know, not, this is not criticizing other bands, but in a way, sometimes it's a bit more true to write that way than dress it up in, in these, in different flowery language, you know? Yeah. Oh no, for sure. It, that's, I mean, I've always found that the, it feels like the best songs. I don't know what you consider the best, but um, the songs that are most natural and seem to resonate uh with other people are the ones that come very easily and quickly and just sort of flow out of you. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's a, there's something to be said for sitting down and focusing on writing a song and, you know, saying, okay, this is, this is what I want to write about, you know, sitting down with other people and everybody shooting ideas back and forth. I've done that plenty and that works, you know, for certain, for certain things. But um, yeah, a lot of the times the best songs are just whatever, whatever moment, uh, I'm in at that time, putting it out there, putting it all out there with a guitar and melodies. It seems to, that seems to always be the most, for me, the most powerful songs. Awesome. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. And continuing off of the Kierkegaard stuff, you know, I, I was watching this great video about this concept of angst and anxiety from Kierkegaard. There's a YouTube channel called Pursuit of Wonder. And if anybody's listening, if you guys are listening, definitely support that channel. Really, really cool. If you're interested in more, you know, philosophy and spirituality stuff, it's he does a really, really great job of kind of very simply explaining a lot of these great philosophers' concepts. Um, in that video about Kierkegaard, he mentions a quote by a philosopher called James Hollis, and it goes, anxiety is the price of the ticket to life. 
intrapsychic depression is a byproduct of the refusal to climb aboard. And I don't think that this quote is suggesting that depression is simply caused by like refusing to take action on anything and, depre and depression to be a hundred percent clear should absolutely be treated with therapy and medication mm -hmm. if necessary, you know, and with support of people around you, however you feel best of, of those things. Um, but as someone whose oeuvre is kind of, there's a fancy word for you. Um, it's pretty, there's a 10 cent word uh, is pretty much all about the various anxieties of life. You know, what do you think about that quote? Anxiety is the price of the ticket to life. You know, how do you think about that quote now and how it applied to your life and the lives of people that listen to your music? You know, cause you never, like you you just said, you've never really stopped exploring this topic and you really tackled it in like as many facets as it really can be tackled. So how mm -hmm. do you feel about that quote? I think it's great. I think it's, I think it makes a lot of sense. I like it. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's, uh, you can't really go through life without, without some anxiety. We've always got, always got anxiety and anxiety. I mean, you know, it's there for, it's there for a reason, you know, we have, we have it for a reason and it's, uh, you know, it helps us get through certain situations. It recognizes fear for us and all sorts of different things. So I, I mean, Anxiety is not a bad thing. It's just, you know, it's just, I think it's just how we, how we sort of deal with it. I've always dealt with anxiety, which is crazy. I've, I've, I've been able to, I can get up in front of, I don't know, 30,000 people and sing. But if I'm sitting in a room with 10 people in a circle trying to talk about my feelings, I break down. I mean, not yeah. break down, I shut down. Um, so yeah, it's a strange thing, but anxiety is there, you know, we have it for a reason. I think that quote's great. I mean, it is, it's always around. We can't, it's just how we deal with it. Right. It's, it's, it's Perhaps it's, you know, it's in a simpler way. It's one of those, like, you can't truly appreciate, you know, the blissful moments of your life without having mm -hmm. gone through the pain of your mm -hmm. life. And But I think a lot of people when they get to the the painful moments they start to they ask the why question and and this goes in this leads into the the next philosopher after kierkegaard who really kind of expanded on the notion of angst was was nietzsche and i'm sure a lot of people know who who nietzsche is mm -hmm. friedrich nietzsche you know he he has a quote that says you know who he who has a why to live can bear almost any how and you know, he talked, he tackled this, this idea of angst, you know, where in order to fully grow in your life, you have to go through three stages of metamorphosis. The first stage is in our youth where we are like a camel. He, he, he likens it to three different kind of evolutions into different things. So the first one is you're like a camel where you walk through the desert, you carry a heavy load on your back and you learn through like pain and, and struggle and suffering. And then you, then you become a lion. You have to evolve into a lion where you tackle the dragons of life kind of through like, again, attacking it, you like go after it. Mm -hmm. And then the last stage that you have to evolve into to kind of complete this metamorphosis of your life is a child. You finally, you become like a child, whereas you age further. And you said this where you're like, you don't really care about so much stuff so as much anymore because you have kids and just getting older, you know, you cast off when you become a child in that last phase of your life, you cast off the societal shackles the shackles mm -hmm. of expectations and constructs mm -hmm. that society puts on you. And you kind of see the trivialities of life and you kind of mm -hmm. find that new sense of joy, that freedom and clarity. Did you feel yourself in this kind of metamorphosis in this age where young people, especially nowadays, are really grappling with that camel phase of life? You know, we're, we're inside ourselves. We're finding our identities, our sexualities, our sense of worth you know, love for ourselves, self-love, you know, all of these pressures, you know, how was it going for you going through all of this? You know, do you think that there is something intrinsic about heavy music that, that fits with these struggles of carrying a heavy load and like, uh, like really like buckling sometimes under the weight of this and, and evol learning to evolve through it? 
I, I mean, yeah, I think so. I, 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 I grew up with heavy music, you know, that was always, an, it was always the outlet for me. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's pretty easy to go to a, go to a metal show and just get lost in a mosh pit and get a lot of, a lot of stuff out and leave it all, leave it all there. It's always been that way for me. So I haven't really known anything different than that, you know? So music has always done that for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, I like that. It makes, it makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like, I like what, uh, what you just referenced there. It, it, it does make sense for sure. It's, uh, I think you can look back. I think you, you know, even just talking in the conversation now, I think, you know, the way you've kind of laid out your life, how it's been, you can say like, Hey, like I did go through that. I was the camel in the desert, you know, struggling under the weight of, you know, a lot of things. And then I did turn into a lion. And sometimes, you know, maybe that lion, you know, like you said, you dealt with a lot of substance abuse and, you know, you attacked things, but maybe nece- the, the dragons of life, but not necessarily mm-hmm. maybe in the healthiest ways, kind of lashed mm-hmm. out and, you know, mm-hmm. did a lot of things and had those revelations. But now, like you said, you have a family, you have people around you and you, you just said it earlier, like, I don't care about those things as much. I've kind of cast off yeah. a lot of those those mm-hmm. expectations, those those limits, those constructs. You're like, this is just a construct. Like, you know, this is this doesn't have any real real bearing on my life now because mm-hmm. you can see clearly. So I think for sure. That, yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's that that would be true for your life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the one thing that's a yeah, it's it's strange being uh you know, being in in the public, I don't know, in the public eye, quote unquote, it makes things a little bit different because it's you know, there's there's always a bit of pressure to to try to be a certain way or look a certain way because you know there's always people people checking in on you and looking yeah. at you and judging you and this and that and you know that's just part of the part of the um the life that I've I've built for myself so yeah. so it's a little bit different in that sense that you know right, being the course. the third stage where you can just sort of drop the societal shackles like you said is. Yeah, I mean, I've done that for the most part, uh, but there's still always for me. There's just a there's still a little bit of you know wanting wanting to I don't know come across a certain way or that sort yeah. of thing. So yeah, and, it's different for everybody, you know. I, I guess is, exactly. Is my... You know, I wanted to transition out of this by talking about acceptance in a certain ways. Accept sometimes accepting, like you said, things happen for a reason. You're you are you're a very fate driven purpose driven person you know rumi mm-hmm. the, the the sufi mystic poet that is one of my favorite kind of spiritual guides in my own life he, he says that life is not this or this like it's not everything life doesn't have to be this way or this way like you're not doing it wrong if it's this way or this way life is this he says life is this and this mm-hmm. it's both at the same time mm-hmm. you know it is it is the blissful joyful moments where your, your head is on the right path and it is the moments where you're struggling and you're you feel you're you're going down a darker kind of way and in some sense, it's about accepting those darker parts of yourself because they are just as much you as the the better sides. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that there's no room to better yourself. There's always room for improvement, but mm-hmm. also to forgive yourself. You know, yeah. so and Saint Asonia touches on this in, in songs like Beast. You know, how do you how do you feel about that notion of like, hey, life isn't it's not black or white, it's not this, it doesn't have to be this or this. It is this and this. It's both. Like, how do you come to that phase in your life where you're like, you know what, I accept that. I accept that life is both of these things. Yeah, we're always we're always learning. I mean, as humans, I mean, it's uh, it's crazy because we're always sort of evolving, or at least that's I'd like to uh, think that I'm evolving or try to evolve. But yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a weird, weird thing, man. But yeah, life isn't a certain way. That's what that's kind of what I mean is it's like we are always sort of changing and learning 
you know, through whatever we're going through, it's always, it's always uh, different and it's usually not uh, what we planned, you know? So <laughs> it's never, never so, is life always throws, it throws us a wrench sometimes. Right. Yeah. So the, yeah, just the idea that we're, we're, we never know fully what is going to happen, where we're going, what, you know, so it's, it, yeah, it's just, I guess, uh, I guess try not, not taking things too seriously is, uh, <laughs> is pretty important for me. Um, I mean, I take my, my kids lives and all, my family and all that right. stuff. I take all that very seriously, but you know, at the end of the day, we're just where if things are always changing and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Shit happens. So it's, Shit happens, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, I say yeah. that all the time, and my wife's just like, "Aren't you what, really more what, upset about this?" I'm just like, "Shit happens." I mean, what do you want me what, to do about what it? What <laughs> philosopher said said that? Uh, I think that was um, that, that was, was the guy. That was that was the Trump, that was the Three Stooges. I think really, was it? yeah, yeah. I think so. I think if you go back, right. they're really really important guys. Three Stooges. Right. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I say that all the time. It's it's true. You, you got to laugh mm -hmm. at yourself. It's shit happens. Shit does happen. Um, oh, yeah. But I mean, that doesn't, again, you, that doesn't mean that there are plenty of moments, like you said, your family, you take that seriously, your health, mm -hmm. your mental mm -hmm. health, you take that very seriously. And there are moments to better yourself. But I think, yep. again, you recognize, hey, there are, there are moments where this is out of my control. I cannot control this moment. I am just going to mm -hmm. do my best to adapt, to adapt to that. And again, find mm -hmm. that passion, find that thing, mm -hmm. use that as your vehicle to get through it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I wanted to talk about the song because I was I was going back and listening to, you know, a lot of both Three Days Grace and St. Asonia stuff again. And this was a very watershed moment when you released Transit of Venus in Three Days Grace because mm -hmm. right before you left the band and started St. Asonia. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think of a song, I, I was listening to a song, Time That Remains. Mm -hmm. And I really felt that that was a, a cap that was a capstone that song to your time in that band and kind of a revelatory moment for you and kind of realizing I have to find the passion with the time that I have, or I have to do the best that I can with the time that I have left. You know, how did that song mm -hmm. kind of come about? Was that, was it that kind of moment where you're like, Oh my God, like I got, I got to like take stock of the time that I have left and do the best that I can. That's exactly what it was. I mean that, yeah, that song is pretty, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's just about, yeah, it was just about uh, taking advantage of, of what, <laughs> what we have left. It's a it's sort of a realization of, yeah, like things, things can change in a heartbeat. Um, you know, somebody can be gone in the blink of an eye. I could, I could be gone in the blink of an eye. There's just, yeah. So it was that realization that, you know, we're not guaranteed any, any amount of time on earth. And, uh, but yeah, that, that, that song was, is, uh, it's one of my favorites for sure that we wrote as, as a, as three days grace for sure. It was, uh, a little bit later in the process and we wanted to, we kind of wanted to write a song that like we were, uh filter take a picture that's all hey, take a picture we had it. yeah we i mean there was something about we wanted to write something like that that had just the same sort of same sort of feel and so yeah that's what that's where that song came from but yeah simply the yeah the song is about that is is we just don't know how much time we have and you know take advantage of the time we do have exactly all the all the time guys like you know when it, every moment you know, really and the next question I'm going into has a lot to deal with stoicism and big tenet of stoicism is like live every day like it's your last really take stock of that. Hey, I, I could not be I may not be here five minutes from now, two mm -hmm. minutes from now, tomorrow, you know, live in that moment. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean be destructive, but that just means like <laughs> take take stock of of those moments and, you know, appreciate 
the really good facets of your life and and do those things that you always always wanted to do. Because again, I was just like a humorous thing. I just was on on online as you are these days. I saw that clip from I love that clip from The Office where where Andy says, you know, I wish there was a way to know when you were in the good old days before you've left them. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a that's a testament to like, hey, like we sometimes and again, it's outside of our when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, you are you kind of are living in the moment entirely. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. And then you look back and you're like, hey, like, I don't really do that so much anymore. And I I, I wish I had taken stock of saying, hey, I, 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 that was a really great time. Mm-hmm. And I need to get back to that mm-hmm. kind of just living for today. And, mm-hmm. you know, going off of that, I wanted to talk about forgiveness, you know, as somewhat you somewhat recently reconnected with Neil from Three Days Grace and the rest of the guys as well. And it had been mm-hmm. 10 years mm-hmm. since you had seen each other and really interacting. You know, was forgiveness something that you had imbe- you had embedded in you from a young age and taught to you by your parents or by authority figures or was it something that you struggled with in your life how did, how important do you feel it is to forgive well i feel like i feel that it's very important to forgive depending on you know depending on what it is and, and what you're comfortable with you know there's a lot of people that forgive others for things that i don't think i could ever forgive them for you know certain things but um yeah i mean for that for that situation you know the situation where we we just hadn't we just hadn't talked in 10 years because we we were just on different paths you know different different things happening but uh i was no i wasn't i don't think i wasn't really taught forgiveness uh all that all that often when i was growing up but but it was i mean it was i i think i just learned it over over the course of the last 10 years, I guess, or so, you know, mm. just, uh, again, learning, coming to realize what, what is important in my life to me. Um, and, you know, holding on to holding on to stuff from the past that is very, you know, minor. <clears throat> now, when, you know, looking back at, you know, at the time, like we were, you, like you were just talking about when you're, you know, uh, you know, you don't really realize what you're going through at the time. Um, you know, going through some stuff that you feel is could be super heavy. And, yeah. you know, and then 10 years later, you look back at it and you're like, well, that wasn't all that heavy at all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that yes. type of thing, <laughs> that type of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. But no, it, it's just nice to reconnect with those guys. And, and um, yeah, forgiveness wasn't something I, I, I mean, it wasn't something that I grew up being taught a lot, but I've learned over the last 10 years that it's a, it's a big part of life yeah. if you yourself want to move yeah move and forward it's so hard to to your gut feels like it's going to eat itself up you know when you're when you're holding grudges and dealing with mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff that you haven't mm-hmm. been able to let go and guys or I'm, I'm about to make a really cheesy three days grace pun it is never too late to learn forgiveness and to forgive people i think that's i mean as cheesy as that pun is i apologize but it's true but i mean it is true there it is go. never too late to learn to forgive mm-hmm. people in your life and it, it really heals you just as much as it heals them. Maybe more so, right. it heals you. You know, I'm a big mm-hmm. believer uh, and an attempting practitioner, I should say, and an attempting practitioner of a lot of Stoic ideals. And uh, it brings to mind a few quotes. You know, one is by Epictetus. He said, forgive others for their misdeeds over and over again. This gesture fosters inner ease. And he also said, mm-hmm. forgive ourselves over and over and over again. Then try to do better next time. Seneca, who's another another Stoic philosopher, said, Anger always outlasts hurt. 
you know, how, how important is letting go of anger in life? And, and again, like you said, learning to forgive, even if like in, you know, in a Christian way of putting it, you know, the trespasses against you, you know, if, mm-hmm. you know, we forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, what if those mm-hmm. are, you know, what if they are like really severe, you know, you go through something and you're like, Hey, that even if it feels unforgivable in the moment, it feels like something I'll never forgive you or I'll never, I'll never forgive you. You know, how important is it to kind of overcome that anger that eats you up inside and to forgive others for their misdeeds, but, and forgive yourself, you know, over and over again, how mm-hmm. is that? How do you, how did you go about that? And how important is that? Yeah. I mean, for, yeah, I think it's very, very important. Um, for me, I mean, I can speak to forgiving myself for yeah. things that, uh, things that I've done in the past or that I've, you know, that I haven't done. Um, and I've just learned, I've just, again, I've, because of my, my involvement with, um, substance abuse and going through certain programs that deal with that sort of thing and, and specifically focus on, you have to, you have to let certain things go because there's things out of your control and you have to sort of take personal inventory in yourself and come to terms with your shortcomings and that sort of thing. So I've, I mean, it's really in my life, it's one of the most important things that I can do is to forgive myself and, and, you know, and people that I feel have done wrong, you know, Um, and you you felt the tangible, have you felt the tangible results like inside yourself? Like, Oh my God, like I feel so much better. Like I feel physically better. I don't feel ill or feel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. After, yeah. After putting all of the pieces that, that, I have uh, folk worked on and learned and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, putting all of them together, I've slowly felt a, a lift of you know anger and sadness and guilt and some shame and that sort of yeah. thing. You know, I've kind of I, I have that stuff's been a little been more lifted, of a light, a little you know? more of a lightness of spirit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and that's just. I mean, for me, it's just it, it's just where where I'm at, you know, uh, with uh, having a family and, and trying to move forward as a person and evolve sort of, I just, I'm just always trying to, to learn. And uh, I'm sure your kids better, teach you a lot too. Myself. I'm sure having kids <laughs> yeah. teaches you a lot. I'm oh, sure yeah. that they, they kind of sure teach does. you that, that lightness of spirit in a lot of ways. And in going back to the, the living in the moment, cause that's, that's all they know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Very cool. And, you know, I, I want to ask this, do you do you have a sense of wonder and mystery about your life after everything you've gone through, every step you've taken? You know, are questions like "Why me? Why here? And why now?" Are, are those more meaningful and relevant to you now than when you were growing up, looking back and being like, "Hey, like, why? Why me? Why did I go through this? And why at this point?" You know, are those? Do you still kind of ask those questions about your life? Yeah, yeah, they- absolutely. Yeah, I always do, I, and I, I don't. I wouldn't say they're more meaningful now than they were. I mean, they're just in, it's just in different situations or different, um, different time. Uh, But yeah, I think we're always, I mean, we should always, I feel like we should always be wondering why or how or, or what, you know, that sort of thing. I feel like that's, you don't, we don't ever want to, I don't ever want to lose that, that sort of wondering about what, what's going to happen next or what's, what's up with the world. It's always changing. What's up with the world? (laughs) That's what is up with the world? You. Yeah, I mean, it's always changing. People are, you know, things are always just, I mean, it's always, things are crazy things. Crazy things are happening. And crazy things. Yeah, 
things that shouldn't be happening are happening and you have to wonder but that's good you have to wonder why and if an, an, an unexamined life can be a dangerous one if someone never takes stock of their life for a single day that can yeah. that can be dangerous it can be dangerous to live your life in a vacuum because we're not alone you know mm. we live in we live around other people and exactly. we, we're, we're ultimately social people and mm-hmm. things we say and do matter and things we say and do to ourselves matter so mm-hmm. living an unexamined life you know not not taking a moment to say hey like did i did i is this the right move? Is this the right thing? Is this, you know, what's going on? It can be, it can be, it can be dangerous. It can be dangerous and it can be, you know, it can just lead you to places you don't want to go. So I think that is sure. important to, to take at the moment. Definitely. I, I don't know many people that don't have moments of self-reflection, exactly. self, self-examination, that sort of thing. And if, you know, if, if you do go through life without any of that, <laughs> so far, if you've gone through life without any self I don't know how. <laughs> not yeah, not sure how. And chances are good you you know you need to at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Adam, you know, with that being said, that brings us to our final segments of the show, which I like to call Tomes of Wisdom and the Chaser. First up is Tomes of Wisdom, where each guest recommends us three pieces of media that have inspired them philosophically or spiritually in the last year. And, and this can be books, films, games, comics, you know, anything that has made you think about your own life or life in the world in a different way. So again, you could take your time on this, Adam, you know, what are three pieces of media that you've consumed that you would recommend for us to digest? Okay. Well, the first is going to be one of my favorite albums of all time, uh, an album called Grace by Jeff Buckley. And that, I mean, that album changed my life. It's a little bit later. Like it was in, I think it was like 1999 or something that I heard it. Um, but it, yeah, it changed my life. Just that, you know, everything about that album for me, it, it was just a, a, a life changer. So there's that Jeff Buckley Grace, the album. I saw a movie recently uh, that I, a film that I thought was pretty, pretty great, uh, called On the Count of Three. And it's, uh, it's basically a film about two guys that are, have made a pact to, uh, commit suicide together. And it's it's actually a dark comedy. It's it's pretty funny, and <laughs> okay. you know it's not it's not a super downer. So don't get me wrong, but <clears throat> yeah, but that's a it's a I don't know. I got a kick out of that. Um, and then uh, the third, uh, I don't know. It's a tough one. Is there a is there um, a book or something that you've read in your life, or and even if it is in the past year, just something that you read and you're like, wow, that's that's really impactful. Yeah, I guess. Um, you know, I, this is going to sound weird, but I read a, a, a biography, an autobiography, um, Sammy Hagar. Okay. I don't know. He was the uh, second, I believe, the second singer yep. for Van, Van Halen. Van Hagar, you know? yep. Yeah, Van Hagar. So, I, you know, and his, uh, his biography is called um, Red. And I, I read that. That was a couple of years ago that I read it, but I, it really resonated with me and I loved it. So, awesome. yeah, there's three things you could check out, you know, hey, and those are all different things. They're all like, across I'm sure if, spectrum, I had more, if I had some more time, I'd probably, I could probably come up with something a little bit more. Um, hey, no, you, you know, know, we go for, we go for, we go for the <laughs> most immediate stuff. And that's, that, right. that's, that's what this is all about. So, Hey guys, check that stuff out. And so finally, this is the segment that I like to call the chaser, you know, in the in the chaser, we ask the same 10 rapid fire questions for each guest. And we ask that they keep their answers 30 seconds or less. Are you ready, Adam? Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, the I'm first ready. one is going to be one you've answered already, so it should be easy. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> you got this. I believe in you. Okay, here we go. So, do you believe in fate or free will and why? 
Um, I definitely believe in fate. I've I've tried to live my life with my own my own free will, uh, and that just that just didn't work. So, yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's it. So fate it is. Okay. Next question. So who? What is a stronger force in the world, love or hate, and why? Well, that's that's a great question. Um, I would I would hope that it's love, uh, but it, at, at this point, right now in our society and our world, it feels like hate is a stronger force at the moment, and uh, a lot of a lot of terrible things happen are happening because of that. So, I mean, I hope it's it's love eventually, but it feels like right now it's hate. Who are the three most important spiritual and moral guides in your life, and why? Um, I have. I have one, I have two spiritual guides. Um, the first one being my father who passed away a year ago. He definitely, definitely is with me sort of at all times. And I really feel like he's around. So he's, he's the biggest one. And I, I've always struggled with trying to find a, a higher power uh, in, you know, like a uh, AA and recovery right. and that sort of thing. So for me, it's, uh, it's the universe, what we've got going around us, the nature and how this how this has all come together is something that I really, that really boggles my mind still. So that's, it's definitely, it definitely leads me spiritually for sure. What was the most spiritual place for you where you grew up and why? I think for me, it was probably um, my mom used to take me to uh, these uh, open, open jam nights where they, these little pubs in our hometown uh, would have uh, bands play and people could get up and, sing with them so for me yeah she took me to those and, and that that was the start of me getting up in front of people i was 12 years old in these little english pubs uh singing songs like johnny be good and stand by Love me it. and Beatles songs and stuff and <laughs> you know that was my first that was your first foray yeah with performing so dipping your toes was, in yeah yeah what was the most delicious meal you've had in the last month and where was it that's a great question <laughs> i can't remember i <laughs> Uh, you can definitely beat Keith on this one because he said Uncrustables at his house. Yeah, did he? Yeah, he did. You can beat. You can <laughs> one up him here. <laughs> right. You know what? My wife makes some killer homemade nachos, Ooh. and uh, yeah, Ooh. and we did. We just found some cantina style, uh, like thin um, tostitos oh, that are that the are best. Just, yeah, just bomb. the, the so. restaurant style ones. Those are <laughs> those are like the best. They're, they hit different uh -huh. than the regular like regular ones you get at the store. Absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh -huh. Homemade yeah. nachos, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm too. See, I'm too scared of my ability to try cooking homemade nachos, but that but that might motivate. You just me to gotta try go for it. Good. You just gotta just just go for it. Just okay. do it. Whatever you think, you know. Guys, you can't it, mess up nachos. You there, you know? go. You there, there you go, guys. Make your homemade nachos. <clears throat> Just go for it. Adam says go for it, so go for, go it. for okay. it. What do you got to lose? What do you got to lose? <laughs> what do you have to gain? Delicious nachos. Okay. Exactly. Next question. What was the last time you felt lost? Or when was the last time you felt lost? Uh, it was about a week ago. I was in London, England. <laughs> <laughs> and I was walking around. Literally lost. <laughs> li literally in Covent Garden. And I didn't know where it was. But you, you can never get actually physically lost anymore with with uh, maps and stuff. So the last time I felt actually lost, like spiritually lost was, was probably about five years ago when I was, I was in, I was in treatment and uh, I was in a really, really bad place. I had, I had completely checked out mentally. So I was, you know, in a, in a hospital and like in, in really rough shape. Um, and then somehow I bounced back. So I think that, you know, that was about five years ago. I was, pr I was pretty lost. Yeah. 
Do you think the universe bends towards order or towards chaos and why? I think it bends towards chaos. I feel like we, uh, the universe? The universe. That's a tough one. I mean, I'm not sure that I understand. <laughs> Meaning, like, do you, do you think that things like... ultimately, as time passes, they become more orderly or more chaotic in everything? Well, yeah. I, <clears throat> I feel like we as humans sort of, we're attracted to chaos and we're attracted to things that we don't really know about. And we're always trying to fix things that we don't know or become better at things that we just shouldn't bother. So that, I right. think, feel like that creates chaos. So okay. yeah, I feel like it always sort of leans, <laughs> leans that way. Yeah. yeah. En yeah. Entropy. Mm -hmm. So what is the most important piece of your childhood that you've held on to and why? And then this can be a physical thing, or this can be like just something that you learned in your childhood that you still hold on to. It's um, at this point, I, I mean, I have a few things that I, that I've held on to, but it's memories of, um, of when I was, when I was young and my parents uh, sitting at a table, listening to songs by Krista Berg and singing them, you know, top of their lungs, that sort of thing. That it's a memory that I've held on to that, uh, you know, is more, I mean, it's just so meaningful to me now, you know. What is one axiom or quote that centers you and calms you in dark times? I, I know you mentioned one earlier, but if, if it's the same one, go ahead. But if there's a different one, feel free. What, shit happens? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of the other one, but that one works too. Shit happens. Uh, the I know you mentioned this too shall pass, but if there's anything else, feel throw it out there. Yeah. You know what? Um, I, something that, that actually as simple as it is, just try to be part of the solution and not the problem is uh, what, you know, my last stint, through rehab, um, I was just grasping at, at things like that, like quotes and things that I could, you know, that would just stick with me, that would help me sort of get through every day and sort of navigate through what I was dealing with. So, and that one, be part of the, the, the solution, not the problem really stuck with me because I had never, it's so simple and it's, you know, but it, it, it was something that I repeated to myself, you know, on a daily basis. I, you know, am I, am I part of whatever situation I was in, you know, am I part of the problem or am I, so that was, it's, it's a big one for me. I mean, there's a few, but that one seems to, that was one. Seems to help. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly to everyone, everyone around the world, everyone around the world who's ever been touched by the words and music that you have written, what do you say to them? I'm just, I'm, I'm really, really, uh, I, I'm very grateful that, and uh, that I've, been able to connect with everybody and I've been able to connect. Fortunately, I've been able to connect with almost everybody that, that has, you know, listened to my songs and how it, you know, if it's affected them in a certain way, I've toured the world and I've played shows for this. I've met so many people and I'm just, I'm just really grateful. I mean, to be able to do what I do, you know, and if it wasn't for that, I, I wouldn't be doing it and I've always wanted to do it. So I'm here, I'm here because, because of those people. So I'm just extremely thankful and grateful. And I, I never, never, ever take it for granted. Adam, you have just engaged in psychic warfare. Thank you so much for joining me today. It really means the world. Of course, man. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was great. Hey, everybody. It's Chris here again. I just wanted to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for listening to Psychic Warfare. It truly means the world. And it would really mean a lot to me if you could subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're currently listening on. 
Uh, and especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could rate the podcast five stars and, and leave a comment about what you thought about it, it really helps boost visibility and get more eyes on the podcast. Um, that would be really, really great. Thank you guys so much for listening again. And I can't wait to hear what you guys thought of the episode. And I'll see you in the next one.